Hello everyone, good morning. It is April the 14th and this is Donna Nix and it's a time of three. It's a read to the child. Uh, just really enjoying reading to you guys. Uh, just a variety of stuff. I hope you're enjoying it and let's get started. Uh, the first book is, is there's some books uh, that send a message, have a, have a, a lesson in it. Uh, this one sort of does, but this is an old one. This is a very old story, um, but it's called The Princess and the Pea. And it is one of the little golden books. Okay, it's a, it's a whole series of books for many, many, many years, and it's one of those. All right. Once there was a prince who wanted to marry a princess. However, she had to be a real princess and nothing less would do. Princesses of all kinds traveled from neighboring kingdoms to meet the prince. For one reason or another, the prince did not believe that the young women were truly princesses, and he sent them all away. The queen, who was the prince's mother, offered to help. Let me talk to the princesses, she said. I will find out if they are real. The stubborn prince shook his royal head. No, mother, he said, I must find out by myself. Finally, no more princesses came to the palace, so the prince decided to go on a journey. If I must, I will search the world over for a princess, said the prince. We will miss you, said his father sadly. The queen just waved goodbye, shaking her head over the whole business. The prince traveled to France. There he was introduced to La Princesse Mirabelle, who lived in a huge chateau. Enchanted to meet you, said the lovely princess as they sat to have tea. During the tea, Princess Mirabelle ate nine chocolate truffles. The prince was shocked. He was sure that a real princess would never eat nine chocolate truffles in a row. And so he bade Mirabelle, I do, or goodbye. The prince traveled and traveled until he came to Arabia. There he met a great Pasha's daughter, Princess Morgiana. The prince went riding with Morgiana and she rode very well. But the princess did not ride side saddle, which was the ladylike custom. Morgiana sits on a horse like a man, the prince said to himself. Surely she is not a real princess. I must take my leave. Finally, the prince arrived in India. There he met the daughter of a great rajah. As they spoke together, Princess Indira reached for grapes from a fruit bowl. The prince sighed. The princess did not ask her servant to peel the grapes before she ate them, he said to himself. Surely she is not a real princess. I will have to say farewell. The prince returned home. Looking most unhappy, he told the king and queen that he could not find a real princess anywhere in the world. I'm so sorry, my boy, said the king, trying to comfort his son. The queen just shook her head and wondered if the day would ever come when her son would ask for her help. One night soon afterward, there was a terrible storm. Lightning flashed through the castle and rain poured down on the rooftops. 
As the king was crossing the great hallway, he heard a knock on the door. Who's there? he called, going to open the door himself. There stood a beautiful young woman, soaked from head to dainty toe. Won't you come in, said the king. You are most kind, the dripping girl answered. I have lost my way in this storm. My name is Princess Candace Alicia Royale. The king hurried the princess inside and then sent for the prince to come and meet her. The prince thought Princess Candace was charming, but how can I be sure she is a real princess, he whispered to his father. Perhaps you should ask your mother, the king whispered back. The prince agreed and went at last to ask his mother for help. The queen liked the girl immediately. You poor tired thing, she said to the princess. Won't you stay for the night? When Candace Alicia agreed, the queen went to prepare a bed for her. First, the queen ordered the servants to strip the princess's bed. Now we shall find out if Candace Alicia is a real princess, said the queen. And she carefully placed a single pea in the center of the bed frame. After that, the queen ordered the servants to pile ten thick mattresses on top of the bed and ten heavy quilts on top of the mattresses. Then a servant went and brought the princess. Your bed is ready, my dear, said the queen. I do hope you will be comfortable. That night, the princess was not comfortable. Hour after hour, the exhausted creature tossed and turned. Oh, me. Oh, my, the princess moaned. To help herself sleep, the princess tried counting castles. She tried counting handsome princesses, princes, too, but nothing helped Candace Alicia fall asleep. The next morning, the queen invited the princess to breakfast. My dear, did you sleep well, she asked, holding her breath for the answer. I scarcely slept at all, Candace Alicia replied wearily. I lay on something so hard that I am black and blue all over. The queen looked surprised, but she could not have been more delighted. The queen quickly told the prince what had happened. Candace Alicia is a gem, she said at last. Anyone delicate enough to fill a pea through the ten quilts and ten mattresses is a real princess. The prince was relieved. He smiled warmly at Candace Alicia. Before the day was over, he and the princess were in love. Before a month had passed, the young couple was married. The royal wedding was a dazzling affair. The king's subjects loved their new princess. They also loved the story of the princess and the pea and told the story to their children for many years to come. As for the pea itself, it was put on display in the Royal Museum. You may see it there still if someone hasn't taken it, and that, of course, is a true story. So if the princess could sleep on all those mattresses and still feel that tiny little pea, then she must be a real princess. All right, everybody okay?
Let's read a little. This one's kind of short. This one's called Where's Teddy? And it's written by Roger Pretty. Okay, Teddy, Teddy obviously is a teddy bear. Okay? And I don't know if you remember the story about the dog Wallace and Gabe, the boy that uh, was uh, Wallace, owned Wallace. This is the same Gabe and Wallace. So, and now the teddy bear. So Gabe, Wallace, and Teddy are best friends. Teddy is a bit scruffy. Wallace is always hungry. Everywhere Gabe goes, Teddy and Wallace go too. They sit at the table. They jump on the trampoline. They ride in the car. They even have a bath together. When Teddy isn't around, Gabe asks, where's Teddy? When Gabe is tired, where's Teddy? When Gabe falls over, where's Teddy? Sometimes Dad has to fix Teddy. If he smells bad, Dad has Dad puts him in the wash. One day, Gabe goes to the park with Wallace. They climbed trees and played on swings. Gabe had an ice cream. Wallace did too. Then Gabe let out a yell. Where's Teddy? Mom, Dad, and Wallace looked at each other. Oh no, Teddy was lost. Dad ran off with Wallace to look for Teddy, but they couldn't find him anywhere. Mom searched the house. Wallace looked in his bed. Mom gave Gabe his giraffe, but all he could say was, where's Teddy? Suddenly, Wallace jumped up and down. He knew where Teddy was. Dad had left him in the dryer. The three friends were back together and Gabe dreamed of another adventure. So Gabe, Wallace, and Teddy, they're best friends. Gabe with Wallace, especially Gabe with Wallace. All right, um, let's see. You guys doing okay? Uh, let's see, let's read Last Stop on Marcus Street. Let's see how that one goes. This is written by Matt de la Pena, Pena, like, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, Matt de la Pena, and let's see, it's, uh, CJ and his grandma take a bus ride together, discovering the beauty and wonder of their vibrant neighborhood. CJ pushed through the church doors, skipped down the steps. The outside air smelled like freedom, but it also smelled like rain, which freckled CJ's shirt and dripped down his nose. He ducked under his Nana's umbrella, saying, How come we gotta wait for the bus and all this wet? Trees get thirsty too, his Nana told him. 
Don't you see that big one th drinking through a straw? CJ looks for a long time, but he never saw a straw. <laughs> From the bus stop, he watched water pool on flower petals. He watched rain patter against the windshield of a nearby car. His friend Colby climbed in, gave CJ a wave, and drove off with his dad. Nana, how come we don't got a car? Boy, what do we need a car for? We got a bus that breathes fire and old Mr. Dennis who always has a trick for you. The bus creaked to a stop in front of them. It sighed and sagged and the doors swung open. What's that I see, Mr. Dennis asked, and he pulled a coin from behind CJ's ear, placed it in his palm. Nana laughed her deep laugh and pushed CJ along. They sat right up front. The man across the way was tuning a guitar. An old woman with cur curlers had butterflies in a jar. Nana gave everyone a great big smile and a good afternoon. She made sure CJ did the same. The bus lurched forward and stopped, lurched forward and stopped. Nana hummed as she knit. How come we always gotta go here after church, CJ said. Miguel and Colby never have to go nowhere. I feel sorry for those boys, she told him. They'll never get a chance to meet Bobo or the sunglass man. And I hear Trixie herself got a brand new hat. CJ stared out the window feeling sorry for himself. He watched cars zip by on either side. He watched a group of boys hop curbs on bikes. A man climbed aboard with a spotted dog. CJ gave up his seat. How come that man can't see? Boy, what do you know about seeing? Nana told him. Some people watch the world with their ears. That's a fact. Their noses, too, the man said, sniffing at the air. That's a mighty fine perfume you're wearing today, ma'am. Nana squeezed the man's hand and laughed her deep laugh. Two older boys got on next. CJ watched as they moved on by and stood in back. Sure wish I had one of those, he said. Nana set down her knitting. What for? You got the real live thing sitting across from you. The boys had music playing and had the ears in their, um, the earphone in their ears and they were listening to music. But Nana said, you got the real live thing sitting across from you. Why don't, I, why don't you ask the man if he'll play us a song? CJ didn't have to ask. The guitar player was already plucking strings and beginning to sing. To feel the magic of music, the blind man whispered, I like to close my eyes. Nana closed hers too. So did CJ and the spotted dog. And in the darkness, the rhythm lifted CJ out of the bus and out of the busy city. He saw sunset colors swirling over crashing waves. 
He saw a family of hawks slicing through the sky. He saw the old woman's butterflies dancing free in the light of the moon. CJ's chest grew full and he was lost in the sound and the sound gave him the feeling of magic. The song ended and CJ opened his eyes. Everyone on the bus clapped, even the boys in back. Nana glanced at the coin in CJ's palm. CJ dropped it in the man's hat. Last stop on Market Street, Mr. Dennis called. CJ looked around as he stepped off the bus. Crumbling sidewalks and broken down doors. Graffiti tagged windows and boarded up stores. He reached for his Nana's hand. How come it's always so dirty over here? She smiled. Hang on, you guys. I lost my place. <laughs> she smiled and pointed to the sky. Sometimes when you're surrounded by dirt, CJ, you're a better witness for what's beautiful. CJ saw the perfect rainbow arcing over their soup kitchen. He wondered how his Nana always found beautiful where he never even thought to look. He looked all around them again at the bus rounding the corner out of sight and the broken street lamps still lit up bright and the stray cat, cat shadows moving across the wall. When he spotted their familiar faces in the window, he said, I'm glad we came. He thought his, his Nana might laugh, her deep laugh, but she didn't. She patted him on the head and told him, Me too, CJ. Now, come on. The end. All right, guys. Um, it's Wednesday, so that's it for today. Um, I hope you enjoy. I'll be back tomorrow. Later.